Hello, my spontaneous people. This is Johnny Boy here, and welcome to My Culture Mind. This is the show where I talk about anything in the world of modern culture, from music, movies, TV, food, and all that stuff. And today is Ticket Tuesdays. Ticket Tuesdays is where I talk about movies, movie-going experience, movie news, all that stuff. But today, I am so excited because I really wanted to review this movie. This has been probably one of my favorite films of all time it's (laughs) one of my favorites and as you can tell by the title it's going to be a good one but before I get started if you are new to the podcast thank you so much for listening today this podcast is available on Spotify Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and Anchor which is the sponsor of this show so without further ado let's get started on the pop culture diary so the pop culture diary is where I talk about anything in the world of pop culture whatever that comes to mind what I've watched recently, just any news that I really want to share uh, before I get to the main topic. So without further ado, let's get started on the diary. So recently, I just finished watching the uh, the second episode of Black Lightning for season three. And I gotta say, this has uh, gotten a lot better. Um, there's been a lot going on so far. And there are some spoilers I'm going to give away. So um, if you have not watched the episode, uh, turn away. So... Um, recently, uh, Black Lightning has been br- bringing up the uh, Markovians, which is uh, pretty relevant in Young Justice, uh, you know, in terms of royalty and all that. But they depicted the Markovians as evil. It's kind of like, like, kind of like um, any Russians in like you know generic movies. It, it has that sort of a vibe. But uh, there's been the worries of, you know, creating a meta army and all that stuff. And then, of course, the ASA keeping uh, Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning, uh, captive just to do some testing, develop his powers and all that. Seems like a prison. But, uh, but yeah. Also, there is, and again, there are spoilers here, the return of Khalil. Khalil has, uh, he, but it's not Khalil this time, it's more painkiller. They put, a, they inhibited a chip in his, uh, in his body where, um, and the first target is, is his mom. And if he killed his mom without hesitation, that means the chip is working. That's why they, they wanted to do, uh, this as a test. If it doesn't work, if he doesn't kill his mother, then the chip doesn't work and doesn't need any improving. So... That was uh, kind of, um, it was unfortunate to see. Also, we would see Anissa as Blackbird um, having some rough times with uh, her helping the, um, I, I, I keep forgetting what their name, I don't know if they are metas, but um, they just wanted to help uh, these people escape out and go outside of Freeland. So there's just a lot going on. And lastly, uh, what happened in the episode is Jennifer is basically on her own, going to school on her own and living on her own, and still is still dealing with the death of Khalil, but um, she's hanging there. But there was a fight, and it did show his uh, show her fighting skills, which kind of um, and a lot of people were recording her. So there's been a lot of. There's a lot going on in this episode to the point where I really don't know where it's going. I guess it's more of, you know, Markovia, like, you know, Freeland is going to be like a war zone between the Markovians and the Metas. And it, it, there's just a lot. 
to pack in. Of course, we were introduced to this uh, woman with, I forgot what her name is, Marion. I think that was her name. She, her abilities is to camouflage. But at the same time, the more she uses her powers, the chances is she's going to die. So there is that. All, all in all, I, I do... Black Lightning is a is an interesting show where like for me it's like Game of Thrones where you just don't know what's happening but you just can't help but watching and of course um, I just I love this serious take on superheroes especially on a uh, especially on the CW show so yeah I can't wait to watch more of Black Lightning. Also, there have been news that Zoe Kravitz. Um, Zoe Kravitz has been selected as Catwoman for uh, for Robert Pattinson's The Batman movie. I am actually really excited. I think she's a fantastic actress. Um, there has been uh, uh, rumors where she did uh, a, she did audition for Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises, but she didn't get it due to. Um, I guess there's some racial thing, but I'm not going to dive into that. But I'm just glad that Zoe Kravitz was able to make the cut and and become the new Bat uh, Batwoman, Catwoman, Catwoman of this uh, of this new of this new Batman movie. I think that Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, I think they could have like a uh, a nice relationship. Uh, I think they're both fantastic actors and actresses, so I can't wait to see that. Also, let's see what else is happening on the My Culture Diary. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I will say though, Screen Junkies is developing, or I think they created a documentary. If you don't know what Screen, oh, who Screen Junkies is, Screen Junkies is the is the YouTube channel that created the honest trailers, the iconic honest trailers of, of different movies and all that sort. So they created a documentary about Galaxy Quest. And good thing we're <laughs> this is in the world of movies. If you have not watched Galaxy Quest yet, you should. Galaxy Quest is the like it's sort of like a it's a, it's like a parody of Star Trek, like where um all the actors of this show called Galaxy Quest, they sort of retired and they did not, um, they, they were just actors until they were um, brought up, um, they were brought up to space and they had to remember, remember their um, moments in, in the TV show just to figure out how to, how to survive and it's just such a fantastic film and i'm so glad that screen junkies created a sort of a documentary about galaxy quest and they brought tim allen i think i believe so they got to <laughs> tim allen i think he's an underrated actor i think he's pretty fantastic as well um yeah uh another thing i've been getting back into watching stand-up comedy uh for example ricky gervais i think G ricky gervais is a as a brilliant comedian, uh, of course he 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 created The Office, um, extras on HBO. Um, of course, he had his own um, show, The Ricky Gervais Show. It's a it's a brilliant. Uh, he's a brilliant comedian, and I suggest watching uh, Ricky Gervais Out of England uh, one and two. That is one. There are so many gags in that show where I. It's just so fun. <laughs> He makes a good point when it comes to comedy. 
And the, the point of comedy is there's nothing to joke about. It depends what the joke is. You don't really joke about something like, you know, like, oh, what some sort of thing I can make fun of. It, no, that's not how comedy works. It's all about being smart about your choices of words. Of course, it's, uh, of course, comedy is a place where um, it comes from a good or bla- bad place. It's for you to decide on how you interpret the joke. If you're offended by it, that's that's a given. But at the same time, sometimes it's not even personally. It, it, it just means that these are topics uh, within our culture that is considered funny. But at the end of the day... Um, at the end of the day, don't take it out of context where it like, that's how, you know, comedians actually feel until like, you know, there are interviews and whatnot. So I think Ricky Gervais, because of his, uh, comedy, it just works. It just works for him and British comedy. British comedy is very different from American comedy. Um, British comedy, it can be a, a like, you know, border, like, you know, borderline offensive American Sometimes it, it depends where I feel like uh, British comedy has a little bit more pretentious, but there it's uh, it's witty, uh, it's witty and you know, funny American comedy. It's hard to describe because there's different types, but I but yeah, I would suggest watching uh, Ricky Gervais out of England's uh, one and two. There are brilliant uh, stand up, uh, stand up uh, specials. My favorite uh, bit from the Ricky Gervais uh, out of England too was the book of Noah <laughs> he brought a book of the book of Noah it's, it was the children's edition and he just basically he bri- he broke down the book and how funny it was well not funny but how ridiculous it kind of sounds but but it was so brilliant he like he took something from a children's book and made it funny so uh, I highly suggest watching those two comedy specials. So that is it for the pop culture diary. I this is where I'm going to talk about our main topic for Ticket Tuesday. So oh, oh let's just jump into it. Oh, that's a Bill DeFranco thing. <laughs> oh my God, this is this has got to be one of the worst. Like it's. It's so bad it's good movie. And I am talking about Tommy Wiseau, Tommy Wiseau's The Room. And this is a long this is long due but <laughs> I'm just laughing just by the thought of the movie. If you have not watched The Room, what are you doing? <laughs> but I do suggest watching it with friends. Watch the movie with friends. There are so many bad movies that it's good. But this is the, like, the bad movie. It's good to the point. It's, like, an, it's such a cultural phenomenon, really. Um, my uh, my best friend went to uh, Comic-Con. I mentioned this uh, in my previous episode. She went to Comic-Con LA. Uh, it's not the San Diego Comic-Con. But I think Tommy Wiseau went to Comic-Con as well, the one in San Diego. But but Tommy Wiseau, he was, brought, uh, he was um, in... He was in the, uh, he had one of his booths and then they were going to supposed to have a screening and I, my God, I wish I was in there. Oh man, I, I couldn't, 
I no, I couldn't what I couldn't go because I had some personal matters to um to deal with. But if I was there, it would be so fantastic. Oh my god, I'm just <laughs> I am going off topic. But basically, she got a lot of merch. She got a picture with Tommy Wiseau. She got there was like he was giving out scripts, the scripts of the room, and I gotta say, I really want one. I really do. And I wish I uh, got an autograph as well and a t-shirt, but but that's not what this episode is about. This is about the room and the movie review, the movie review of the room. So, so I'm gonna go to a sort of my initial thoughts or like slash summary. So I'm gonna give a brief summary about the movie. So there's this man Johnny, played by Tommy Wiseau, and by the way, he he. He starred, wrote, produced, and directed this film. And he funded this movie all by himself. Six million dollars. This shouldn't cost six million dollars. <laughs> but but this movie was... Uh, we, no one knows where the money came from. No one knows where he came... Like I'm talking about Tommy Wiseau, not the his character, Johnny. We don't know where his uh, he he comes from. He just sounds like from a different planet. You don't know where his accent's from. Um, <laughs> he has this. He's just so weird and yet a genius. I I can't tell. I really can't tell where he's from. He always says, "I'm, I'm from New Orleans." Um, no, you're not. I really I highly doubt it. <laughs> But if he is, he's there's only one like him. <laughs> there's also the movie the Disaster Artist, starring uh, Dave, uh, Dave Franco and and James Franco. They um, it's basically a documentary, not a documentary, a bio, uh, biographical movie about Tommy Wiseau and the Room. It's funny, but it has a lot of heart. So so yeah, if you have seen the Disaster Artist but not the Room, then watch the Room. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, no one knows where this money came from, and he funded it all by himself. He wrote, directed, starred, and produced this film. It's just so crazy. And there have been a lot of problems of his creativity as a filmmaker when it comes to writing, like, you know, decent dialogue. He doesn't know how to act. Um, like, he doesn't know how to act decently. <laughs> so, so that's how... So that's how like you could picture him. He doesn't know how to act, but he really want to make this film. So the movie starts off as he loves his fiance or like you know his future wife, <laughs> Lisa, his future wife. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think he knows the term fiance. <laughs> He doesn't know the term fiance. I don't think that's. I don't think he knows. Like, I read the. I read some parts of the script, and it's just fantastic. And the way it's translated into the film is just glorious. And I again, I hope I'm not. I'm not summarizing the whole movie, because I'm just gonna keep blabbering about. It. Oh, it's just so good. Um, and there's been. There are so many sex scenes, but I don't want to count them as sex scenes, especially with Johnny. <laughs> he, the thing is, there is terrible music in this. There is, ah, 
it's it's the the thing is not terrible the way it's written is terrible like the like the music is original soundtrack like it's you can only find music from that movie it's how great that is um but anyways let's get back to the story (laughs) he doesn't know how to have sex he he aims very high and when i meant by that it seems like he is penetrating her belly button (laughs) it's so it's so high it doesn't make sense i don't think he knows how to have sex or act like having sex i feel sorry for the actress but oh well anyways as the story progressed um she doesn't love johnny anymore even though she acts like she still loves him um so she started um you know having you know having an affair with with johnny's uh best friend johnny's your best friend that's a line you're gonna hear a lot johnny's your best friend um just to make sure that the audience is aware of who is johnny's best friend so johnny's friend um uh best friend um mark (laughs) played by greg cestero um mark is like in johnny's best friend and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to betray johnny but lisa is always manipulative and you know always wants to fool around with him i love you know mark and all that so (laughs) he starts (laughs) here's the thing she would they would have she would start you know having sex with johnny at one point then having sex with mark at one point but here's the thing this doesn't make sense they have her and mark had sex on the stairs like they can't make it up to the bedroom like johnny is out working at the bank and they're having sex on the stairway (laughs) it's it doesn't make sense it really doesn't there's not even like penetration whatnot it's just making out naked but that's it there's not Oh my god, this is so... There is so much I want to talk about this film, but I just... I know I can't talk for very long, but let's see how how much I can go with. Anyways, as the story progressed, there is this mother, Lisa. uh, Lisa's mother. Turns out she has breast cancer, and they did not develop... (laughs) They did not go forward with that story. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer and it's in that tone it's not like so emotional and lisa's just like all right (laughs) all right (laughs) all right Uh, it's by the way this takes place in san francisco but it's shot in los angeles so they only went to san francisco to get these shots so if you see the full house um house (laughs) you'll see that oh if you're watching with the audience you can hear people singing everywhere you look (laughs) i highly suggest go to a screening with friends and in a big crowd because it's so glorious and by the way there's gonna be scenes of of in johnny's house johnny and lisa's house there are portraits of spoons. We don't know why. 
there's spoons there but every time in the audience and i've done this with my friends and i'm happy i am so glad that that i've done this with my friends um whenever there's a scene of spoons we will get a bunch of plastic spoons and just chuck it at the screen <laughs> not hitting the screen directly but that they would people would do that in the theater and they would just throw spoons, like, you know, spoons, and they would just chuck it across the, across the theater. And I, I highly suggest listen to an audience reaction of the room. I highly suggest doing so because their reactions is just so genuine. And like there's I, heckling is, you know, allowed. It doesn't matter. It's just so fantastic. So, but anyways, let's just keep going with the story. Um, so Lisa doesn't love Johnny anymore, but so, I don't know. So she starts, you know, you know, fooling around with Greg, but even Greg is supposed to, I mean, not Greg, uh, Mark, sorry, with Mark, but even Mark feels a bit guilty, but he's just like, oh, like he's just, uh, now he just, um, he just falls in love with Lisa. So this movie is about betrayal. This movie is about about who who should you trust and all that stuff. But it's I don't know why it's called the room. Um, I don't know where the room part is. I guess the room is where um uh, the sex happens. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, but the, the dilemma is Lisa doesn't love Johnny anymore, but the but the thing is, is that he is rich, supposedly, and they're about to get married. So uh, Lisa's mom is like, if you don't love him anymore, just tell him. But if, you know, just, you know, <laughs> just go with it so you can keep the money. <laughs> That's how it is. Um, so there's been like some, it's weird of like, when's the wedding going to happen? Like, there's a scene where they were wearing all in tuxedos. I guess they're supposed to take wedding photos. But I don't. I really don't know why they were in suits. Anyways, there's, there's just scenes that are just unnecessary. For example, or there are moments that seem unnecessary. <laughs> there's a theme of football in this film where they just toss footballs, but they're like five feet away. <laughs> It's just so weird. Oh my god, I forgot. I forgot to bring out this character. His name is Denny. And Denny looks like he's already 30 years old, but he's supposed to be 18. And he is He is one of like they would consider him like the son of Johnny and Lisa sort of. Um I think he's an orphan. Um uh, yeah, I think he's an orphan, but he lives he has his own place. I guess, but he sort of loves Lisa, but he kind of gives up on her because there's another girl. It's Denny's just so weird, but he loves Johnny very much. Like you know, he sees him as a father. <laughs> I think I think one of the brilliant actors or actresses is either Denny. There's Denny, uh, the mom. The mom is like probably the decent actress there. <laughs> And Chris R. Oh my god, Chris R. He only has one scene. And he's basically like a drug dealer. Whereas like, where's my money, Denny? Like, but I can't, I'm trying not to curse. But he's like, where's my money, Denny? 
it was so unnecessary in the film. You don't know where the plot is going. You really don't. So, there is so much I want to talk about, but I really need to cut this short. <laughs> uh, another thing, uh, I think one of my favorite moments is, there's a scene where Johnny would go to a flower shop to buy uh, Lisa roses or some any... A dozen roses, please. And then <laughs> the exchanges are just glorious. Where we're like, hi. Uh, like, how can I help you? I was like, I want a dozen roses, please. And I was like, oh, Johnny, I didn't know it was you. She definitely saw him right when she got uh, right when he walked into the flower shop how do you not know it's him i'm he's the only guy with long black hair with a face that's just i want to i wanted to say his face is crusty <laughs> his face is crusty so let's here's how the dialogue goes hi can i have a dozen roses please oh hi johnny i didn't know it was you Yes, that's me. Here you go. Like, you know, here you go. Here's the flowers. Uh, how much is it? Oh, that'll be $15. Oh, here, keep the change. Hi, doggy. There's a dog there. <laughs> There's a dog there. We don't know why. He just pet the dog. He said, hi, doggy. And he just left. The exchange was so fast. I, that happened in, like, less than a minute. Like, that's how fast that scene was. Like, either a minute, uh, I don't think uh, not that long. He just bought flowers that quick. And it's just brilliant. And also, he has moments where he just says, Oh, you're just a little chicken. Chee, 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 chee. <laughs> and, my God, it's, there are so many things I want to talk about this film. But, anyways, there's been... Basically, at the end, uh, near the end, Johnny starts to be skeptical about Lisa, that uh, she is cheating on him. So, in the theater, in the theater, people would do the Mission Impossible thing. <laughs> like, you know, dun, 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 And because he would start, <laughs> he pulled out a tape recorder. And then, like, he would connect it to the phone so that he could hear the com the past conversations to know who it is. But eventually, that wasn't really helpful because he didn't look, he didn't listen to the tapes. It was supposed to be, like, evidence of some sort. But anyways, he finds out that um, Mark, that Mark is having it, is uh, sleeping with Lisa. And that happened on his birthday. And then he had the, like, you know, cat fight. <laughs> it was a funny fight, though. <laughs> he even does... <laughs> he even did the... Chee -chee 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 -chee. <laughs> like, even the fight. It's just... It's it's just so brilliant. And then he got so fed up. He's so mad at Lisa and Mark to the point where... He ruined his house. He, like, you know, like, every drama where he, they just ruin a house because their life is falling apart. They... <laughs> He even threw a freaking TV out of the window. And that, <laughs> I think that's where the budget came from. It was just so funny. Until the point where he found a gun and he shot himself in the mouth. 
And that's how... That's the room. <laughs> that is the room. And I feel like describing this... Uh, I feel like describing this film, there is just so much stuff I want to talk about, but I wish I could have a whole group session and just talk about this film because this film is just so fantastic. It's it's brilliantly written so badly. That's how great it is. And that's why it has such a cult following. And that's why there's there's midnight screenings. Um usually in LA, but I know there there's midnight screenings like all over the world. Not all over the world, just some like other parts of the world. Uh no, no sorry, America. <laughs> parts of america where they have midnight screenings and they would show the room and then people would bring their spoons people would bring footballs and they would just toss the football around the theater it's like it's like having your best friends watching the you know a great film um in in some sorts (laughs) but yeah as you can tell this episode is really long (laughs) because there's just a lot to talk about about this film i if, if I had to give it a rating, it's a 10 out of 10. It's a 10 out of 10. This is one of the best bad movie films that you just have to go watch in theaters with your friends. Or just like if, you, if, if you're at a party, it's fantastic for a party. It lightens the mood. It, it, it's really engaging. It's just, a, it's just a wonderful time. And I think at first it was supposed to be a, a drama, a suspense but and but when Tommy Wiseau figured out that people were actually laughing at him or laughing about the film, he just turns it into a black comedy. So so like, oh yeah, yeah, this is intentionally written as a black comedy. No, it wasn't. He was act- the thing is like he actually tried and the fact that he tried he made this brilliant movie and I uh, I know he created more films called Best Fiend Friend, but it's like, you know, the R, they put the R in parentheses. So, yeah, and it's still starring the guy who played Mark, um, uh, Greg Sestero, and uh, Tommy Wiseau. So, it's, I still need to watch it and I need to see how bad it is. But <laughs> I remember Tommy Wiseau, he, they, I don't know who or what uh, YouTube channel, but they, he, they made him act as the Joker, and it's just brilliant. I think he's a fantastic Joker because he, he, you can tell he's he's a bit psychotic, and you don't know where his mind is going, like sort of non-human, and I think that's perfect for the Joker. So, but we have Joaquin Phoenix for that as well, so... But anyways, that is it for the movie review of The Room, and that is it for Ticket Tuesdays. I, thank you so much for listening today. If you if you like this podcast, click follow on whatever podcast medium you're listening this to, or service, um, service you're listening to this to. Share this podcast to anyone you know. It really means a lot. It really helps a lot. And I just want to say thank you all to those who have been supportive of the podcast. You... Um, you are great and thank you for giving me all the support and uh you know messaging me so thank you so much anyways uh, until next time so long farewell take care bye bye